And what is up, fellow truthers and conspiracy junkies? Just a little disclaimer before we get into this episode here. Sometimes uh, we come across people that we don't necessarily always agree with. And when this guy came on my show, right out the gate, he said some things that I didn't sit well with me at all. However, instead of turning it into one big debate, I decided that it's better to hear this guy out and maybe um, focus on the things that he says that I agree with rather than the things that he says that I don't agree with so that maybe I can take something away from this conversation. And I'm glad that I did that because it ended up being a really good conversation. You know, in the beginning I was like, oh my God, is this guy going to regurgitate everything that the fucking History Channel has been saying? But it was, it was actually a very good interview and I think you guys are going to enjoy it. So... Without further ado, let's get into this shit. Oh, don't forget, guys, please hit that five star because it really helps out. So let's keep this show in the mix. So please, yes, hit that five star. Leave a review. I'm going to start reading reviews here pretty soon, guys. So I'm looking forward to that. And I look, I man, I can't thank you guys enough for all the support that you've been giving me. The show has been doing so good, and it's thanks to you guys. So thank you very much for listening and tuning in. Check out whiterabbitpodcast.com if you want your White Rabbit gear, you know. And uh, yeah, let's get into this episode, guys. A new world order. When we are successful, and we will be, we have a real chance at this new world order. They sound crazy, so who cares? Who cares? But, but it could totally 100% be true because we know the government lies about every single thing. Welcome, fellow truthers and conspiracy junkies, to another episode of White Rabbit. I am your host, Catalyst Jones. Y'all know what it is. We keep bringing the heat, and it's not going to stop today. Today, I have somebody that I'm very, very interested in talking to. I'm super excited to have you on because I've never even talked about this concept and the way you told me that you're going to tie everything in. I'm just super juiced. Ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome Todd Cave, spiritual fitness coach. How is it going, brother? I'm going, I'm doing well and yourself, sir. Oh man. I'm like, I said, I'm excited to get into this. I'm always, I'm always like eager to learn something new and dip my feet into a whole, a whole new pool that just opens up a whole new world of possibilities. So I have a feeling that this might be one of those episodes. Yeah. So basically today we can talk about a lot of different things and I'm going to tie it all into what's going on um, today in the world. And to understand that, we need to ask ourselves a few questions like, who are we, what are we, and where we've come from? So to answer these questions, we need... Before you dig too deep into it, and I'm sorry to interrupt you, but with that being said, will you let everybody know who you are and uh, what it is that you do uh, and how we got here? Yes, so I am an online fitness trainer. Uh, I help spiritually inclined people burn fat and build muscle. 
And um, when I'm not doing that, uh, I am uh, I wear another hat because I'm a bit of a truther. And I also I do podcasts and um, basically try to teach, inform and educate others uh, about the things that I've learned because they're 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 very important, especially in this time that we're in right now, because um, we are in a spiritual battle, whether people want to admit it or not. But it is quite obvious um, with everything that is going on. And what I try to do is I try to explain um, to my best ability, like, how, how did we actually get here and why things are happening the way they're happening? And, you know, these are very complex subjects. So, you know, to get without further ado, what I'm going to do is I'm going to um, try to explain to people why the world is in the way the chaos it is in. Now, to go, in order to break down all of um, the information I'm going to share with you, we need to go back to the known beginning that we have. And the known beginning that we have come from um, sources like the Sumerian tablets. And these are tablets that um, were inscribed by the Sumerians, and it described a time uh, up to 450,000 years ago. And the Sumerians are basically the, the, the group of people that we've modeled our society on. Um, they're the ones that uh, introduced agriculture. They're the ones that introduced accounting. They're the ones that uh, introduced a lot of different aspects today in present day. So our civilization is modeled on theirs. Now, in the Sumerian tablets, it talks about a group of deities called the Anunnaki. Now, the word Anunnaki um, means those from heaven to earth came. And heaven really just means the sky. So we're talking about uh, extraterrestrial beings that most likely look like us um, that came here. And the story in these tablets are that they, they were living on a planet called Nibiru, and this planet was, uh, the, the atmosphere was disintegrating. So they basically came to Earth uh, to mine the resources of Earth, uh, most, mo most of which was gold. And the gold that they were was mining was sent back to their planet in order to uh, pulverize it and shoot it in the atmosphere. Now, what ended up happening is that they brought some of their people with them. So the Anunnaki, you can think of as like the presidents, the aristocrats, the um, people in government, royal, excuse me, royal families, etc., and the Ajiji, which are the same from the same planet, but they're like the working class, um, like us, the working class people. They came and they were the ones that were doing the work. And uh, these tablets um, talk a lot about these deities because they call themselves deities. And the two main deities uh, in these tablets were uh, Enki and Enlil. Um, the Arcadians used to call him Ia, Ie. So we have a lot of uh, information to back up all of these things that I'm saying. And um, basically, Enki, uh, after time, uh, uh, many, many thousands of years, the Ajiji got fed up of doing the hard work, the constructing of the dikes. The, uh, the building of the dams, the mining for gold, etc. And what they did is that they rebelled against the Anunnaki, the ruling class, and they were going to go to war with them. So what happened is that there was a need to create uh, a being that would be able to do the work um, for them because they were tired of it. And what happened is that there was an existing hominin species here on Earth, our cousins, 
And what they did is that they mixed their DNA with the DNA of that hominin species to create the first Homo sapiens sapien. And the Homo sapiens sapien was basically like a mule. And at the time, it couldn't produce. So they used to do uh, a lot of cloning. But after a while, that wasn't really efficient because they needed to build mass uh, amounts of people, create mass amounts of slaves, basically, right? Because it even says in, in the tablets that they wanted to uh, create a being that would be just smart enough in order to take orders, but not too smart that they wouldn't sort of like um, rebel against them and stuff, right? Right. So Enki was that's tasked with the... Uh, as, pardon? As said, that's what all the parasitic elites of today say as well. Right. So I'm glad you, uh, you said that because all of that is tied, right? Because this, what is going on today is only a repetition of what went on in the times of antiquity. So what happened is that Enki, he was the, he was given the task, but he actually volunteered to create this being, right? Basically a slave, a drone, just to go, take orders, do work, and that's it. So after many, many thousands and thousands of experiments, they created um, our cousins, right? And what happened is that Enki sort of like fell in love with mankind. And he basically bent against the wishes of his brother Enlil. And he tweaked our DNA some more and he made us a lot smarter than we should have been. And this outraged Enlil. So... Basically, what happened is that they had a big powwow over it. And anyway, so they, 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 the, the, the slaves, or our cousins at the time, they were mining the gold and what's not. And they realized that um, we were going to have a cataclysm, right? The Great Flood. So the Great Flood is actually documented in the Sumerian tablets, right? Uh, it's approximately about 241,200 years. So there have been many Great Floods. And what happened is that because um, they were actually playing God and Enlil was really disgusted at humanity, he came up with a plan, him and his father, Anu, not to tell humans that we were going to have this great flood and they would just let us die in it. But because Enki had, really, had loved us, because in the Bible, they, they talk about the serpent in the Garden of Eden. Well, that was really allegory for Enki. The serpent was Enki because the serpent is actually the creator of this physical body in the present form, right? And the God of the Bible, Yahweh, Jehovah, is actually Enlil. This is why it talked about in the Bible that as God was walking in the Garden of Eden. Now, if you think about it, right, God is supposed to be a, be a being that is spiritual. So how can God be physically walking? So a lot of people that when they read the Bible, they don't really ask the right questions because they just follow the narrative that they've been taught, right? And basically, this is why uh, religion in all of the planet has really um, dumbed down our consciousness because the word religion comes from the Latin word religare, which means to hold or to bind or to thwart forward progress. So this is what religion has done. It is chained and shackled and held and bound our minds so that we can elevate in consciousness so anyway um as the they didn't tell humans about the flood and uh, humanity was destroyed but one of enki's half sons was called ziasudra 
uh, Enki told him that the, the great flood was going to come and that he uh, must build a vessel in order to protect him and the family. So the story in the Bible of Noah is a copy of the story in the Sumerian tablets of Zeatudra, right? Very, 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 very similar. But um, they had to repopulate Earth because they still had the issue of um, mining gold to send back to the to Nibiru, the planet. And what happened is that this is when the Anunnaki started to withdraw themselves from humanity. And then they start to install their high priests. So the high priests and the, the, the monarchies, the, the kings, the pharaohs, etc., all of these people come from the bloodline of the Anunnaki. So the systems that they set up then are the systems that we have now, which is like the high priests were supposed to, in Egypt, were the, um, the intermediary between the gods, small g, and us humans. And it is still the exact same system today where the kings, the monarchies, the, the, the presidents, the prime ministers, the aristocrats, etc. They're the intermediaries between those gods and us. And they just follow the rules. And this is the way um, they marry amongst themselves because they believe in this blue. Uh-oh. You still there? <clears throat> interbred so much to the point where there was a lot of retardation inside of yeah yeah okay yeah you froze there for a you second yeah you're back now ah, okay so in the middle ages when you had the Habsburgs, um they interbred so much that they actually there was a lot of retardation in their bloodline and the reason for that is because they wanted to keep the blood pure because they are direct descendants of the Anunnaki. They can trace all their bloodlines. So this is why you were saying that these parasitic elites uh, think. All right. His internet just cut out right there. So we're cutting back in my bad. You began talking about like when it really started fucking up is when you were talking about uh, retardation through the bloodlines and stuff. I'm not surprised. <laughs> that's what you mean that's how the matrix works isn't it <laughs> right <laughs> right so basically what it is now is that they try to keep um the bloodlines intact because they are direct descendants from the anunnaki so what it is now is that the the anunnaki set up all the control systems here on earth so they set up the government which just basically means mind control they set up organized religion and then they set up money, right? Because money came out of Babylon. Money, money first uh, springed on the scene in Babylon. Excuse me. This is why they call money Babylonian magic. And with these uh, three religions, as I call them, what it is now is that they held back humanity for thousands and thousands of years. So what it is now is that um, because they have set up all these controls, they stepped, they stepped back from dealing with humans after the flood. This is why you started to see the reign of, um, on the Sumerian kings, they started to go down dramatically because the first eight kings, you call them the eight immortal kings, they ruled 
for 241,200 years. And in the Sumerian tablet and in the Sumerian king's list, they, they list them as shars. So one shar is 3,600 years. So you have some uh, people ruling for 36,000 years, 10 shars. You have some ruling for eight shars, five shars. So they had the ability to live very, very long times. And this is when the DNA um, was also mixed as well. So there is a hypothesis that um, Alulim, who was the first king, was actually um, of much more pure Anunnaki DNA, which would be the Adama or the Adapa or Adam, which really means first man. And after the flood, when they were all wiped out, then they started to um, not put in so much of the DNA inside of us. And this is why the 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 ruling times went down dramatically. So after now, uh, they had the flood, and uh, all of these um, societies were set up because Atlantis was really, um, it, it was not just a, a ring city on in Mauritania. Atlantis was a civilization. It was a complete civilization. This is why you have the same type of architecture for the pyramids in China, the pyramids in Egypt, the pyramids in Mexico, these pyramids underwater uh, in Japan is all the same thing. And they recently discovered more pyramids uh, in Mexico uh, here recently. So this was a civilization that uh, has existed before. And it was all of these um, deities, these Anunnaki gods that were responsible for it. Now, there was one uh, particular god called Thoth. Uh, he was the god of wisdom and vegetation in Egypt. And he was also known as Hermes Trismegistus for the um, for the Greeks. And when he came to, he and his brother Marduk. So Marduk Marduk is one of the the other gods that um, has. He's actually the god now that controls this planet, because when you read the tablets, um, he they used to rule, take time, take turns in ruling on the planet. And they would use, they would read the, 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 the signs. So when the star signs change, so you have like um, all these, these zodiacs. So they are the ones that created the zodiacs. And from, it, it really seems uh, likely that that is one of the ways they were able to immortalize themselves because they started to um, put, them, put their names associated with the planets. Like Enki was associated with Neptune. And uh, Enli was associated with Jupiter. Um, Mercury was um, her, Tris, um, uh, Ningashida, also known as Thoth, uh, Hermes Trismegistus. So it looks like that is the way they were able to immortalize themselves into our consciousness so that they appeared like gods because these were advanced beings. And um, if, you, if you look at the Genesis story, it talks about... Um, that God made man in his own image. But think about it. How can we look like God if we don't look like God? So they will have to look like us and we have to look like them. So they were beings that walked on their hind legs, put on their pants one leg at a time. They used to have sex, drink beer, you know what I mean? All sorts of stuff, you know? And um, so they're the ones that really taught us all the things that we know. And the reason why we're such a warring uh, people is because they were very warring people, right? So all of these things are in the, in the religious books are all linked. Even in the Hindu Vedas, they talk about the uh, in the epic of the Mahabharata. 
they talk about their gods came from the sky and they used to move around in these um i think they call them celestial boats well that sounds a lot like spaceships or what you would say today ufos you know so and they used to live in like these um floating cities which is like a, a ufo that would just go even in the bible in ezekiel ezekiel if anyone reads ezekiel you would see that ezekiel was taken up to heaven in the sky in a spaceship and even in his vision he talked about um how this being was in this chariot and it had four wheels and it would spin, each one would spin independently and he described a being that could only be what you call an extraterrestrial in a some sort of a spaceship, you know? So these things are all documented in the books, but it's because we don't have the understanding to decrypt the information, which is why we're still blind to the fact that we are a product of extraterrestrials. So if anyone say, yeah, um, there are aliens in the world, say, hey, mate, um, how are you doing? Because you're an alien. I'm an alien. We're, we're not here. We're not native to this planet, right? <clears throat> Who was I just listening to? Uh, Ron from New England, actually. He was saying that he, does, he doesn't think that we're native to the planet. Now, I'm just giving you the benefit of the doubt here. And I'm, 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 just, um, I'm just saying, assuming that we live in a place where there is planets because myself, I, I believe we live on a flat motionless fixed plane that goes infinite and extraterrestrials are actually just people that live on or beings that live past um, the Antarctic ice wall through the infinite lands and continents that we actually have no knowledge of because we can't get past it through the Antarctic peace treaty. So, and, and my question is, 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 what do you think about the Nephilim? Because everything that you're describing to me sounds an awful lot like the Book of Enoch's description of the Nephilim. Well, the Nephilim and the Anunnaki, the Archons, which is in the Nagamati scriptures, eh, they're all the same. They just use different words. Right. Because what these uh, beings did is that when they went from one place to the next, they would always change their name. This is why Marduk... Uh, he was known as Marduk in um, Babylon, but then he also changed it. He was also known as Moloch. He was known as Baal, Bel, Baal. This is why um, it's called Bible by Baal, by Baal. So he was very instrumental uh, in the creation of the Bible. And funny you talked about the earth. I actually, um, I'm actually completely different from everyone. And this might actually surprise you. I think the earth is both flat and round. Okay. All at the same time. Because it looks like it is a toroid. So the, the this because I think that flat earth itself is a bit of a psyop. So hear me out here. What they've done is that they have us fighting each other to distract us from what's really going on in the world. So let's say that the flat earth people are right and the people that believe it is wrong, although I don't believe the helios the heliocentric model with the mathematics they give us is correct, but I, th I believe it is wrong. So let's say that we do live on the flat part, but there's a middle part that, you know what I mean, there's, there's beings that live under the earth, right? And the sides could actually be wrong because everything is made of energy. So when you look at a Merkaba, which is two triangles upside down on one another, which is the Israeli flag, the Star of David, that's what I call a Merkaba. It works on toroidal uh, because they're two spinning like that. And that's how toroid works. That's actually related to the anti-gravity technology 
and how everything in the world works, where it, it, it grows, it works from a toroid. So you actually have like a Merkaba inside of you on a spiritual level that you can spin. And if you can spin the two triangles with the Merkaba, you can actually um, teleport and do all kinds of different things. So this is why like people, what would, people I, I don't agree that it's flat or round. I think it's both because it, it, it causes too much confusion and us to, to argue against one another, right? Because I think both sides have valid points. So I go through the middle. And then from my research, it looks like it's a toroid because the toroid is uh, related to the um, zero point energy is um, how the, the extraterrestrial ships use for force fields as well. So what it is now is that they use the toroidal um, energy vortex to create an energy force field around them. And this is how they're able to go through wormholes because what they're doing is that they bend in time. So in the space time, you have one point here and another point there. So what they do is that they flip, they, they bring that point closer to where they are by going through a wormhole and um, they use the toroidal uh, energy. So as I was saying now is that Marduk now, he is um, the one that basically rules the earth now because he went to war of the Anunnaki uh, because he read the stars and uh, that he was his time to rule, but he actually read them incorrectly. And he wouldn't admit that he read them incorrectly. So he went to war with the Anunnaki. So this is where uh, the story of um, Sodom and Gomorrah and Lot and uh, his wife came from in the Bible. Because in uh, Mesopotamia, they dropped nukes on Marduk to try to kill him. Because they're the ones that had nuclear technology. right? Even the uh, Hindus talk about um, nukes as well. But they use a different term. They call it the, the weapon of Brahma or something like that. And if you, we know that they had nuclear weapons because there are a few sites on Earth. Uh, one is called Mahindradaro, which is in Pakistan. And if you um, look at Mahindradaro online, you will see that people are pulverized in the street. And when you scratch underneath the, the surface, this, this um, glass underneath, because we know that when uh, sand is pulverized, is heated to over 3,000 degrees, it turns into sand. And still today, um, those corpses would not even be touched by any rodents or anything like that because they're radioactive. When you go to Mesopotamia, where uh, it is in um, between like Syria and Iraq, there's a place where they drop nukes. But that's the story in the Bible without fire and brimstone. That was actually nuclear weapons. And there are a lot of other places um, that they had wars where in Egypt as well, they drop nukes on Egypt, which is why there's glass underneath the sand uh, around those pyramids, because there were a lot of pyramid wars. So what it is now is that each of these Anunnaki gods had like their clan, right? So this is what they did now is that they created these religions to keep their clan, their people, subservient. So Enlil, Jehovah, Yahweh, he created Judaism to have his people to follow him. Marduk now, he infiltrated Judaism and he, um, the Talmudic Jews are the, are the ones that uh, follow him. Even in the Talmud itself, in Hebrew, Marduk is mentioned by name. He's called Bel Marduk, right? So anyone that um, reads the, the actual Torah in the, the, the Hebrew Bible, they would know about Marduk. 
But it's just that in the English translations, we don't know about these things because the word Lord actually just means master. So if you think about it in England, um, you have something called the House of Lords. Lord is just a title. It means basically master. So what it is now is that in the Bible where there's the word translated as Lord, um, you would see that the word is even, when you go on like on Bible Hub, you will see that the word Lord is normally in capitals and the font is actually different font from the rest of the other words. And when you actually go into the interlink and you look at the actual Hebrew, um, is not really the word for God because the word for God in, in Hebrew is different from the word that is used for, for Lord because I actually checked. So what it is now is then that you have all of these and then even like the Catholics now, they're very much um, the Enkiites. So because Enki was known as the, the he, his one of his symbols was the fish. He used to have like a fish's head on top of his a hat sorry a fish hat that he wear on his head but look at the pope the pope's hat looks very much like a fish's mouth right so signs and symbols of what rule the world and it's a matter of being able to decrypt the um the signs and the symbols to be able to track all of these gods which is how we know who they are because they change their names so that to try to hide their um their identity but you look at their their, their attributes so like Poseidon in the Greek pantheon, he's more um, in line to what Enki would be because Enki was, his name Enki means Lord of Earth. En means Lord and Ki means Earth um, because Earth used, is a, Earth used to be much bigger and it had a different name. It was called Tiamat. And what happened is that a planet smashed into Tiamat uh, many, many thousands and thousands of years ago and basically created uh, the asteroid belt. So in the in the Sumerian tablets, they call it the hammer bracelet. And in order to, for them to get from Nibiru to Earth, they had to pass through the hammer bracelet, which is the, um, the asteroid belt. That one, I'm not sure, but it could be, right? Because there's a lot of... Um, obviously debris from the planet, right? So there's a lot of rocks. So they call it the hammer bracelet and is what you call the, the asteroid belt. And um, you can't actually, well, it's difficult to get through it because if we did space travel, we would have to really probably use a wormhole to get through um, the actual thing because what it is now is that everyone is like focusing on if we can actually get through the, the firmament or not. But what people are failing to realize is that these advanced beings never went through it. They bent space and time through wormholes in order to get in and out. It's just like in Star Trek. Star Trek was, was basically a, a bit of a documentary. <laughs> so, and actually, there's a lot of people that will argue the fact that, uh, I mean, it's, and it sounds like a really good theory to me in the, the Bible when they talk about the story of Babel, that the tower of Babel that they were actually building wasn't like a tower to like reach up to the skies, that they were actually trying to build like a portal. Yes, uh, it looks like it could have been a portal or a launch pad for like a spaceship because the, the Bible talks about they were trying, to, they were basically trying to kill God, right? And right. they were shooting arrows and stuff and the arrows would come back down with blood, right? Now, the thing is, is that some things are allegorical, some things are literal, 
some things are a bit of both, right? And uh, we do know that uh, it, it looked like if it could have been a launch pad for a spaceship, right? Because these beings had advanced technology. And funnily, after that Tower of Babel incident happened, God, quotation marks, decided that he was going to wipe out, um, he was going to confuse man and they would never speak one language. Because what was happening really, the allegory behind it is that man was starting to get really, really smart and realize that he was being enslaved. So he was going to go to war with God, which was one of the Anunnaki gods. And this is why um, he decided that to, 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 to divide us up, excuse me, so that we couldn't speak to one another anymore and communicate and share information. Because if we were speaking in one tongue, it means then it'd be easy for us to communicate in one another. But I don't speak Russian, so I wouldn't be able to talk to a Russian person if I don't know Russian. If they don't speak English, they wouldn't be able to communicate with me. So that alone separates us. So there's this systematic dividing of mankind into sex, languages, regions, you know what I mean? So this is why I said to you that I think that the flat earth, round earth is a, is a, is a, is a bit of a psyop because it causes us to fight instead of like putting the two things together, which is why I come up, not that I come up with it, but I've done research where it looks like it's a toroid. It might have two, a flat top and a flat bottom around the side. And we live on the flat part on the top because what it is now is that what they try to do is try to create a lot of polarity, right? Which is like the divide and conquer um, strategy, which is a bit of the Hegelian di dialect, right? Which is problem, right. reaction, solution. Yeah, I agree with you. Absolutely. I'm so far. I'm, I'm, I'm hanging on. Right. So what it is now is that what they've done is that by setting up all these systems of control, and dividing us into smaller and smaller and smaller groups. What it is now is that you get to, to today where you have politics, because that's another religion. You have, in England, we have the conservative versus labor. In the United States, you have Democrat versus Republican, right? But what a lot of people fail to realize is that these deities, these, these Anunnaki beings, they created all of these religions. Because as I said, the word religion comes from the Latin word religare, which means to hold or to bind or to thwart forward, thwart, thwart forward progress. So if they're holding and binding our minds, it means then that everything that they do is to get us to go to war with each other instead of coming together so that we can be one and realize that we have a common enemy, right? No, right, have... I got to stop you. Go on. Are these... Are these beings still pulling the strings? And are these who our politicians are taking orders from? And or are they able to shape shift? And are they our politicians? Well, okay. So let me see if I can remember all that. So I do believe that these Anunnaki beings are still um, running stuff because they went to war and fought a battle in the heavens, which is the sky, and they won the battle. So Earth is their dominion. So I do believe that um, they still control it because they have controlled it in the open for 241,200 years. And after the, the first flood, right, because there were many floods that happened here on Earth, um, they started to back off more and more and more into the background because all the sacrifices and everything that they were doing for these religions, it wasn't other... I'm sorry to phrase this. 
they were doing sacrifice. They've made us do sacrifices so that we could feed them, right? Because they were too lazy to go and hunt and do all of that. So what they would do is they would cause us to sacrifice, give them our best food, and they would eat it. And we know this because uh, in one of the churches, Cameron Witch Church, there was like a little hatch in the bottom where the priests used to um, like steal the food and eat after the people come out and bring all this food and stuff. And it was the same thing with these Anunnaki deities. We would sacrifice and give them all this meat and fish and vegetables and bread and this and that to feed them. So this was, this is how the subservience came about. We we were their DoorDash basically. (laughs) Basically. Right. And they still, they still, they still, they still have us doing the same thing, but what they're doing it now is that they've elevated now they do it on a spiritual level. So, what it is now is that it appears that they feed off negative energy. So all the wars, all the genocides and everything that is happening on Earth, it seems to feed them with negative energy. So it's like they're like energetic vampires. So every time we get upset, every time we're sad, every time we're depressed, every time we're depressed, sorry, it seems that they're being fed, you know, so they're still pulling the strings. But from way, way behind. And what they do is they get their puppets, which is their progeny, to, 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 to control us and to oppress us. And they're indoctrinated from birth that they're better than all of us because they are told, they're shown their bloodlines that go all the way back, right? And this is why, like, um, they take all the sacred things and invert them because... In the Nagamati text, it talks about um, Pista Sophia. And Pista Sophia is one of the derivatives of God because when, when, when God came about, it was like there was nothing and there was God. But because there was nothing and there was God, there was nothing to confirm God's existence. So he created the universe so the universe could confirm him. A bit like the chicken and the egg. People ask which one came first. No, I think both were there together because you can't have a chicken without an egg. You can't have an egg without a chicken, right? So it's right. a bit of like, so so it's just like you can't have a, a, an offspring without having a male and a female. So both had to exist because God is actually both masculine and feminine, but not in terms of sex, but in terms of energy, right? So when God created the universe, so the universe could create him because to be created, he had to be acknowledged. He created derivatives of himself. So you had like the first power, the triple powers. Then you had like Sophia. Uh, Sophia was um, God of wisdom. And she created, uh, because she was both male and female, she had an offspring without her, without the consent of her male counterpart inside of her. And when she brought forth um, the offspring, uh, it, his name was called Yaldabaoth. And he was actually retarded because he didn't have the male aspect of him inside of him, right? In terms of because for the, for the energies to balance. And what happened is that the story of the, in the Nagamati, it, there's a lot of similarities in what we have in the Bible. Yaldabaoth said in the Nagamati, I, um, I, am, I am God and no, you, are not, you cannot worship any other gods but me. That's in Exodus, right? Uh, in terms of before you get to the Ten Commandments. Then he says, I am a jealous God. All of these are things that he said. So a lot of the, 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 the things that are in these ancient scripture 
are pulled in to these to the to the Bible because the Bible is actually a collect a collation of stuff out of uh, the Sumerian tablets, the um in the, the some things out the uh, Nab Mahabharata, uh, some of the things of the Tibetan Book of the Dead, the Egyptian Book of the Dead, um, the Upanishads, which is Hindu texts. All of these are stuff that they basically pulled from here and there, put it all together, mix it up in a soup, and say, "Hey, that's your Bible." So the Bible is actually more like a history book more than a religious book but while and the thing is that they tell the truth and they lie at the same time but it's our job to figure out what's the truth right so it's a bit like uh cryptocurrency works where you have decryption keys in order to unlock your wallet to be able to send value to another person the information in the bible is very cryptid so you have to decrypt the information so you have to have like the decryption key in order to get the information out of it because if you can read it and it wouldn't really make any sense right so these Anunnaki beings um, are still controlling us, but they're doing it through their bloodlines, right? And they also know that their time of ruling is um, coming to an end, which is why they're, they're getting their offspring, which are the, basically the cabal, to, to push forward with plans because things are moving extremely quick now. We have... AI now becoming super, super smart. Like, AI is going to change the entire field. Like, I was reading an article yesterday, and we have AI that can generate photos for women that do OnlyFans. So it means that the girls that are doing OnlyFans will eventually be put out of work because AI will be able to produce the, 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 the nudes for these girls. And you want to hear the mad thing? People are paying for them, right? So a lot of other industries. So imagine when the AI gets good enough to be able to make videos. So the videos that these girls are making, AI will be able to do. So they're going to be put out of work. Because AI <coughs> um, is, is, is a synthetic intelligence, right? And all of the, um, like, when Yaldabaoth created this realm, according to the Nagamati, he had to basically create, he had to invert everything that the creator made. So the creator or God or whatever word you want to use is basically love, positive energy. So he, in order for him to create this realm, he had to invert it. So everything here in this matrix is built on fear and guilt. This is why I always say that it is a fear and guilt, is a guilt and fear based matrix right? Because think about what happened um, during the pandemic, right? They use both fear and guilt in order to get us to comply into our homes, to stay in our homes. So every day they would repeat your, well, I'm, I'm, they didn't say this, but this is basically the message. Right. Uh, <coughs> Catalyst, you're going to die. You're going to die. You're going to die. You're going to die, Catalyst. It's very, very dangerous out there. You can't go outside. You have to protect yourself. Oh, don't forget, you need to keep grandma safe, right? That's the guilt. So the fear is every day repeating you're going to die. But they're not literally, but that's the message underlying in the, in the media. And then they're using guilt to get you to comply to stay. So they are using the same, the same, the same way according to how the, um, the Nagamadi describes the Alabay of created this world through guilt and fear. This is what they're using today in present to get us to comply. So you, you talked a little bit about AI and uh, where it's going. And uh, I, I've 
I was just recently on the Christian Coalition uh, roundtable, and uh, I had brought the topic of the day was Antichrist. So I have two questions for you. In your research and your beliefs, do you even believe that there is an Antichrist? And if so, could it possibly be AI? Good question. So I do believe that there's an Antichrist. And before I get to the rest, I'm going to use this opportunity to explain what Christ actually is and means. The word Christ means the anointed one, right? And Christ is a consciousness. So the character that became the Christ, his name was Yeshua or Yehoshua. It was not Jesus. The word Jesus is a, excuse me, a modern day construct because it was transliterated transliterated from language to language and it took about 1600 years to do so it was Yehoshua then they took out the ho and um, H-O and they just started to use a apostrophe and then when it got transliterated again it went to Yeshua then when it went to Greek the Y became an I so it was called Isseus and Isseus actually means Hail Zeus Zeus was a god in the Greek pantheon, and Zeus is uh, basically Enil. So we followed him because of the signs, because he had the, um, the thunderbolt, right? And he was also um, Lord of the Air, right? That's what Enil means, Lord of the Air. So um, when it then went, and then from the, in the Hebrew as well, the, the, there was no J in the Hebrew un, until like, 1600 or something like that and what happened is that the y was split so it would play so the place was not called jerusalem it was called jerusalem joseph was called yosef and jesus would have been called jesus jesus isu so what they did now is they split the y into j and i and because the j was more uh, along the lines of how you would pronounce the y that's how you get jesus and that was Latinized, right? So this is how we get the word Jesus today. So if you go back to the original text, the, 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 the character's name was never Jesus. Jesus, the, the character, the name Jesus isn't real. It's a construct. But right. I'm, not saying that, I'm not saying that the character didn't exist, but that was not his name. His name was Yehoshua or Yeshua. So Antichrist basically means anti your christ consciousness because christ lives in all in all of us right so we become the christ this is how we escape the matrix a bit like the story in the matrix when neo became the one right neo the matrix was a documentary and there's a lot of um stuff in there just like the the place where they lived the um i can't remember the the, the people that came out of the actual matrix they, they post home was called Zion. Zion means, um, I think it's called the, the, the city of peace. No, Jerusalem was in Zion, and Jerusalem means the city of peace, and Zion is like the home, right? So basically now, any Antichrist just means anti-Christ consciousness, anti-love, fear, guilt, all of these other things that are negative, jealousy, envy, hate, all of these energies are used against us. So, yes, I believe that the Antichrist is real, but I don't believe that is what we think it is, right? 
uh, I do think that the, the anti there were many antichrists um, in in our time because there are many people that have been trying to say take over the world or to um, enslave us. So at one point in time, um, each of those Anunnaki gods would have been an antichrist because they were anti-human, they were anti-humanity, right? No, right. You don't think that there's going to be like a being eventually that is going to uh, be the exact equivalent, but the opposite spectrum of what Jesus was, be able to harness all of the hate and the, uh, the fear and, and everything um, and basically be inverted from what Jesus was? Yes, I do believe that that is going to happen. Okay. And I think that they're actually preparing us for that now because we are about to get disclosure. Now, the reason why they started to give us disclosure is that they need to give us a distraction to what is really going on. We, have, we are having a societal collapse now, right? We are having an economic collapse. We're going to see a collapse in government. We're going to see a collapse in religion. We're going to see a collapse in all the things that we believed in. To take us away from looking at that, this is why you had um, all these things to deal with Donald Trump, all these um, court cases and stuff. Again, you need to wind up people to distract them from what's going on. Because the, the Federal Reserve is printing up money out of thin air, and they just added another, was it $4 trillion to the budget? The uh, money, yeah, they just raised the uh, debt ceiling. So basically, they just gave them a free reign to print as much money as they want for the next two years. The thing is, right, it's not a debt ceiling they ever have. They have a debt target. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's not a ceiling. It's like that number, we need to hit that number. It's a target, right? <laughs> so all of these things are melting down. We have China and Russia who don't use and dollars for any um, trade now between themselves. We have countries like Mexico that just applied to be a member of the BRICS country, and there are 30 other countries that have um, petitioned to become part of the BRICS, right? And they're backing their currencies with hard assets, gold, silver, oil, and resources, right? All of these are things that are happening right now. <clears throat> then... We have the whole trans, uh, transhumanist movement. And then we bring that down another level. You have the transgender, right? So what it is now is that this whole transgender movement is an inversion of how we really are. Because we are both male and female in terms of energy. We have... Um, Women have testosterone in their body, just small amounts. We have estrogen in our body, just small amounts, right? And one is higher than the other for procreation purposes, right? Now, in the beginning, when, we, so when Christ said that he was with God in the beginning, it is because the consciousness was with God, because people are looking at it as a human being. But it's the consciousness. consciousness we, we are all consciousness. Consciousness is, is eternal. It can't die, right? We reincarnate here, and the same consciousness goes into another body. It's just that our memories are wiped, and um, we don't remember anything. And I've personally connected with a past life, right? 
So, and I've seen it very, very well, like who or what I was 500 years ago. So what it is now is that we were in the story, uh, in the Bible, it talks about, and God created man, but he didn't say he created man and woman is because the woman, the feminine, the feminine energy was inside of the man, right? And what happened is that these archons in the Nagamati, which are really the, uh, sorry, the archons, which are in the Nagamati, which are really the Anunnaki, they separated um, them into two beings, right? Because that was a way to control us. Because after they created us, Enki even said that we have the ability to surpass them, right? In consciousness. When you read a book called the Book of Jasher, which, uh, which Jash, the Book of Jasher means the Book of Righteousness, Eve, no, Adam told his son Seth that Eve, his mother, is the one that taught him consciousness. And that is because the feminine energy, the feminine consciousness is the teacher, right? So if you look at it now from a, on a tangent, in the olden days when the dollar had a value, the man would go and work and provide resources and the woman would stay home and teach the children, right? And, and think about it. We didn't have all this transgender and all the other stuff going on in those times because the, the, the father protected the home and the mother was the nurturer and she taught, right? And Adam told his son Seth that Eve, your mother, taught me consciousness. And he said, and your mother taught me that the God in the Garden of Eden was not really God, right? He was not the creator of all things. And he was only trying to make us slaves, right? That book is mentioned in the Bible, but was taken out of the Bible. Fun fact for you, right? During the Council of Nicaea in 325 AD, when they got around the wrong table and decided what books to put in, they chose the books in order to dictate a narrative, right? So I say all that to say that when um, what the transgender movement is now is to take the spiritual uh, understanding that we're both male and female because that's really what Christ is. When you become Christ, you're able to balance your masculine energy and feminine energy together. So there are times where you would be, need to be strong and defend, and there are other times where you would be soft, loving, compassionate, and kind, right? So that is really what becoming Christ means. It, becomes, it means becoming both male and female at the same time. So what it is now is that that spiritual understanding of who we are energetically, they're trying to create the Frankenstein with the transgender movement. So if you're a male and then you identify as female and you go and have surgery, you'll be both male and female because you're born male, but your outer appearance would look female. So in reality, you're both male and female, but just in an inverted way, just like a woman. If a woman now goes and have a mastectomy and takes a lot of testosterone and has a beard, she still has a vagina, right? So she was have sex with a vagina. So she's still male and female. Male appearance, female reproductive organs, right? So they're, they're taking the whole concept of spirituality and that perfect union of masculine and feminine energy and invert it now to, to, to cause confusion um, amongst the people, 
right? So it, 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 I do think that the Antichrist is, is not necessarily what we think it is, but I do believe that there is a character that or I think there's probably a non-human entity that basically is pulling all the shots. Um, I think it, and, and the person that maybe is in control of that is probably akin to the Wizard of Oz, where it was just this old man behind the, the curtain uh, pulling all the strings. And even scripture says that um, the, when, when the guy that's running the show is revealed, people are going to be like, him? Who? It couldn't be, you know? So there's a lot of like allegory involved in this. What do you think about uh, cryptids? And, cryptids? And, yes. Uh, cryptids would be like um, things that people have accounts of all the time. However, um, cryptids, I, I would say like a, a dogman or a, a werewolves type thing, Bigfoot, um, Nessie, Loch Ness Monster, uh, Mothman, shit like that. Those things are quite possibly true because basically when the Anunnaki were creating this in the lab, they did a lot of experiments and it talks about uh, a lot of uh, chimeras. So that word is actually mentioned, chimera. And there were man, there, there was human and animal chimeras, human and plant chimeras, animal and plant, plant and whatever, you know what I mean? So it is quite possible that those things, those cryptids, could be a, a, a creation of that that basically still exists. I do think it is possible that those things are real. It's just we don't have any evidence to sh to, to to show, you know, that they are definite, you know. But well, we we definitely knows? have plenty of evidence. It's just not out there for the mainstream and and people. When when it's evidence, I mean like visual video evidence. Oh, I know that we, do we have video evidence? Oh, absolutely, absolutely of of all of these things. So I mean, have you have you heard of a place called um, uh, what is it? It's a it's a it's a fucking ranch. Damn it, I can't think of the name, but it, there, there's a certain place, and it's just a hub for all of these different activities. There's Urantia. What is it called? Urantia Ranch. No, it's um. Man, I know somebody that just did a documentary out there as well, too. It's not out yet, but um, it's a, it'll come to me, but it's besides the point. Anyways, yes, there is definitely plenty of evidence out there. It's just, like, not in your face. So unless you're, like, super into this stuff, then you're not going to know about it. Um, but what I want to know about is, so you're, with your expertise and stuff, how do you feel about um, about angels and demons? They're almost the same because the thing is the way these the texts are written, the angels and the demons are extraterrestrial beings. That's the, the way when you read all this information, this is what I deduce. And that's why I said that the same. But obviously the angels will be the, the extraterrestrials trying to help man and the demons will be the ones that be trying to oppress man. Right, because when you talk about uh, the scripture talks about angels, there's a lot of like light and and a lot of phenomenon that would suggest that they're using spaceships to travel, right? And 
it really looks like the way the Sumerians um, depicted the Anunnaki with wings, there's a, it really looks like if they put on wings in order to show that they have higher status, because for sure, they, they, they were in spaceships. Because even um, when uh, Moses went to Mount Sinai, he said that God appeared in a pillar of smoke, pillar of fire, and left in a pillar of smoke. Sounds very much like a spaceship to me. Because it will come down with all the fire, even the booster rockets or whatever, and then it will leave in a pillar of smoke. So I think that our understanding of angels or demons at the moment, for the most part, I think they're um, the Anunnaki deities. But at the same time, I do think that ghosts and everything are real. So what a lot of people may be calling demons might actually just be ghosts that are um, are trapped. Because Thoth, in the Emerald Tablets of Thoth, uh, he talks about the Halls of Amenti. And the Halls of Amenti are akin to the fourth dimension. And the fourth dimension... Uh, appears to be what we would uh, consider to be the underworld, even though it's higher than the third dimension. But that is weird because through you have to go through the fourth dimension in order to get to the fifth dimension. So basically, in order for us to ascend, we have to go through the current of like hell. And we have to go through a very tough and challenging time in order for us to be purified. Um, it came to like how you have gold when you mine gold ore and you want to purify it, you put various levels of heat on it to get to 24 karat. And if you heat the gold more, you would create monatomic gold, right? So basically, I think that the, the what people will call demons are probably entities that have been trapped here that could have also been hijacked by these negative spirits to, to cause a lot of havoc on Earth, you know, and to inhabit people as well. So if we were created by the Anunnaki in basically these labs, then do we even have a home? And like, would we even have a soul or a home to go to after we uh, leave this place? Good question. So it does look like we do have a soul. And the soul is what is the connection between the spirit and the body. So the soul holds all of like the emotions and everything that we've had. And the thing is, is that it really does appear that we are alien to this planet. And where we're from, uh, well, for example, the Aborigines in Australia, they believe that, they say this in their oral tradition, that they were seeded here from the Palladians. And the Dogon tribe, they said that um, their gods came from Sirius. And we only found Sirius last century and the dogons have known about sirius for time right so it looks like we are from a collection of of planets um the orion plant you are from the orion region sirius excuse me the pallades and many other uh stars out there because the anunnaki don't seem to be from one single planet it looks like they're from different planets um that you know me came together because this this is why we all look different like okay you're white and black but we're all human and it looks like when the anunnaki were here they put the genetic mark on the people so that they would know that they're that they're their people 
So we do have a home, and the home is the kingdom, the kingdom within, because everything is really spirit. Because this is why Christ said that uh, my kingdom isn't from this earth. And he always used to say that the kingdom is within, the kingdom is found inside of you. Because when you find the kingdom within, you realize then that you are an immortal being and you will automatically just elevate and go to the next level of consciousness where you would leave the body behind because the body is just a meat suit. And it just the, 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 the spirit contains the body, but what it is because the body is in the third dimension, it holds back the spirit from ascending. And to explain what that looks like a little bit is like if you take water and you freeze it, so the molecules in the water slow down so it becomes solid. When you take it out of the freezer and you leave it at room temperature, the molecules vibrate faster and it becomes liquid. Now, if you heat the water, the molecules move so quickly that the water turns to steam. Now, the steam is still water. It is not changed. It's just changed its frequency, its density. And that is akin to how the body is like ice and then the spirit is like the steam. So you actually raise your, your vibration to the point where you would probably disappear from here and you would leave the body behind because everything here is not really real anyway. It's an artificial construct. We live in a matrix. And what has happened is that we've become so attached to, to, to being here that we've forgotten that we actually are spiritual beings first. But we, 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 we think that we are just a physical body. And this is why, um, you know, we, the flesh is weak. This is why we are tempted by the flesh. And because it supports our carnal desires, right? And what we need to do is to get ourselves fit, but not just fit physically only, get our mind right, get our mental fitness. So things like meditation, things like um, connecting with nature, going for walks in the woods or whatever, going to the beach, you know what I mean? C grounding, connecting to the earth. These are the things that feed. Um, the, the, those things are like exercise for the body, but as exercise for the mind. And then what, obviously would, what would you tell to my listeners that have a hard time getting into meditation? What is like a, a an easy way to, to like put your feet in the water, so to speak, before you slide in? Um, I, I know you just mentioned a bunch of great things like walk with your feet your shoes off in the grass, like is an amazing thing, not necessarily meditation, but like I find meditation in different ways by just like putting headphones on. And like you said, going for a walk, I'm not sitting there with my feet crossed Indian style, but I'm able to get into my brain in a different way that I wouldn't normally be able to. Um, what are some ways that you would be able to tell people that aren't familiar with meditation? What I would say is that what you said just now is a good way to start because what I have learned is that it is very, very hard to, 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 to calm the mind. The mind is, is something that just never stops. And meditation, in whatever form you do it in, whether it is, like you said, going into the woods, having a walk, all of those are forms of meditation, right? Then obviously the meditation sitting, well, I don't sit and cross my legs, but I would sit in this chair uh, in my room 
and um, I would, you know, I mean, actually do a meditation. I do a lot of like guided meditations. So it instructs me on what to focus on. And like, if I'm bringing that energy from the earth uh, to bring it into each of my chakras, and then there's a bit of like a, 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 a ritual in the sense of like, after I connect to the father, the cosmic father and the earth mother, then I bring those two energies up through my chakras. Then I would do um, like a, I would repeat something that um, is like, I'm thankful for, you know what I mean? Because there's a part in the meditation that would ask me, what am I thankful for? So I would be, give a lot of thanks and gratitude for the things that I have, where I am, my life. And then after that, I would look to create my intentions for the day. And then also my intentions for my life right so i would suggest doing what you were suggested like that's a form of meditation and then if you want to do meditation like that you can try guided meditations because it is really really difficult to to quell the mind like you would have to it takes a lot of skill like i've been meditating for years now and it's hard to to start the mind wandering it is conquering the mind I think is more difficult than overcoming physical adversities because the mind is what creates the reality. Yes. The mind is what creates your thoughts and beliefs. And your and, dreams. Correct. And in order to, to master the mind, honestly, man, that is a task. But I guess that's what we came here for. We came here to master the mind, you know? Yeah, well, you know, there's a um, there's a buddy of mine, uh, Juan, um, from Brick in the Wall podcast, and he said a saying that stuck with my good friend Janet, and she says it all the time, and it stuck with me. And it is once you stop, uh, once people stop living through their ego and start living through their soul, they become a beautiful person. And I would say absolutely correct. I would just say living through their heart. That's the only thing that would change because we live through our minds and the mind is where the ego lives, right? And the heart is what we should live through. This is why the Egyptians, um, when you are going to pass through Hades, uh, which is equivalent to like the underworld or hell, because that's where the word hell came from, right? Hades. Before you, you pass through, they would put your heart on a, a, a scale and put a feather. And if your heart was heavier than the feather, you, you failed. If your heart is at the, just the same weight as the feather, it means you've passed, right? So you graduate to the next level. Because we've been taught to focus and to live through our, our heads, our minds. This is why everything is so visual. But we've not been taught... But we've been um, tricked not to live through our heart because when you live through your heart is where you get the love, the compassion, the kindness. Because I honestly believe that if human beings never had any interference from government and all of these other, um, you know, entities that and beings that don't have mankind's best interests at heart, I honestly think that we'd be a lot a better society and a better uh, better people because it's only from the interference of them that make us think in lack right 
and we have lack of mentality and we have poverty complex. And this is the way, reason why um, we think that there's not enough resources on earth. We think that um, we don't have ever enough money. We think that we're not going to be able to make it. We, we think that we're so poor. But in reality, we live way better than our ancestors lived. Way better. We, we Our ancestors were freaking um, making fires outside to cook food and living in tents to keep warm. And look at us. I'm in air conditioning right now having this, this chat with you. And it's like we, 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 we don't realize how much we have because we have this lack of mentality. And I think that's also because we have too much also. You know, I, I grew up with not a whole lot. I didn't grow up very rich. And I also had the pleasure or the privilege of growing up before the Internet and before cell phones and all that stuff and and in the mountains, too. So I would split firewood and prepare for the winter, you know, and we, we had a wood burning stove and we like would rake uh needles and stuff in the summertime and have bonfires outside and stuff and and you know so i learned how to like live the old hard way in a sense you know we would go times where we have so much snow we wouldn't have power for like days and days and days so so you know we were we were taking baths by heating up water on the wood stove little bit at a time you know and then pouring it into a tub just enough to be able to like bird bath yourself <laughs> cooking on that same stove and having like aladdin lamps and stuff man those are some of the best memories i've ever had however yes it is much easier to just walk in your room and flip on a switch and change the temperature of your room and and the the easiness that we have but at the same time we take everything for granted now and i think that that is a big reason why people are so fucking miserable is because everything is just instant gratification and uh we've become a sickened society because people don't know how to do things for themselves and this is all by design you see what it is that these these beings that rule the world they want us to be dependent on them right they don't want us to uh independent and provide for ourselves because it means that they lose their their slaves. They lose their freebies, you know, because as I explained to you before, all the sacrifices that will go to these temples and stuff, these Anunnaki were eating them, you know what I mean? So basically they, they are too lazy to be able to do anything for themselves, so they get us the slaves to provide everything. And this is why they invented government God, because the government now wants to be God, right? So this is why I call it government God. And when you are depending on the government for everything, it means then that all the stuff that you talked about, independence, freedom, you know what I mean, being contented with what you have, you, you can't be. You just want more and more and more and more because it's like a parasite in our minds that they've like unleashed because we have both the parasitic mentality and then we have the, the freedom-giving, loving mentality. And all they're doing is that they're just feeding our minds a lot of garbage to keep feeding the parasite because they're parasites by nature, right? And this is why, like, one of the ways, like, I tell people is, like, okay, not just one way, but I said, look, you have to get yourself in physical good shape, right? What getting yourself in shape does 
is that it, inc- it improves your state, right? Because everything is energy. Exercise is the only thing that has the ability to immediately change your state if you're depressed. It is impossible for you to feel depressed and sad and worrying about stuff when you're doing physical exercise because your mind is in a different place, right? Screaming. And the more you do exercise, the better you will feel, the more positive you will feel, right? Because, like, depression only really started to become a big thing with the, the rise of pharmaceuticals, right? Like, before, depression, I don't think, was, was as big as it is now because all the drugs that they give us make us more depressed, you know? And when you look at our forefathers, they didn't have time to feel depressed. The man is out there working, hustling, trying to provide his family. The wife is at home. She's taking care of the kids, teaching them how to say please, thank you, yes, sir, no, sir. You know, I would like, you know, having manners. No, these kids do not have any manners. You know what I mean? They're showing that their parents and all sorts, man. You know? So we need to, like, get back to, to basics. And exercise is, is one way to do that. Another thing is that we need to look at our our nutrition. Our nutrition is rubbish these days. A lot of people don't know to cook. They don't know to read labels. They buy a lot of eat buy and eat a lot of processed food. And all these processed foods do is that they they weigh the body down with all negative energy. And what they do is that they make us addicted to more. Um, more that type of food and then what we need to do is start doing meditation whether it is going for walks or meditation doing physical meditation because we are a mind body spirit complex and we need to um, take care of all three parts of us and all we're doing is we're becoming more and more depressed more and more sad more and more lonely doing more and more debauchery self-sabotaging all the time and this is why a lot of people aren't happy today. And it's by design because we're being fed a lot of horse manure information. And because of that is the reason why, you know what I mean, like we're in the state that we're in, a very, very low vibra- vibratory state, you know. So there's a lot of stuff that we can do. But the thing is, is that human beings, for the most part, have not waken up to what they live in. We're still living in the Lala fantasy land. And now that fantasy land is actually social media. Now, social media is a great tool, but it can also can be used for to cause great harm. Social media is good because you can reach a lot of people and you can teach and spread information if it's positive. But then if it's not of, of a positive nature, it also has the, the, a negative effect, right? And what's happened is that they've caused us to have want this gratification. So we post stuff and we're chasing the dopamine hits, the likes, the comments, you know? Like, I have seen people literally every free minute they have social media. I have seen someone literally spend about three hours on Facebook just scrolling. I was in shock. You know, I... I, I, I I honestly can't do it. I mean, I use social media, but I use social media for business, right? So my 
the way I use social media is different because I'm a content creator. So I produce content for the platforms, right? But I don't go on there to scroll and to, to check out people's lives and to make myself feel depressed because this body's living better than me and that body look better than me and da da yeah and like you know I feel for the like, the younger generation because I think you and I are probably in the same generation and I remember when I was younger sometimes like the electricity would go off and you have to have a shower with a candle you know and I remember sometimes like the water would go off and you would actually have to use the water that is in the buckets you know to cook with and or even to shower with you know I mean not even a shower but you would have a bath right in from a bucket right i remember like we used to collect snow water and, and or snow and i always thought that that was like the most pure water that you could ever get and then i'm like oh man they probably had like uh chemtrails when i was young too and i was just fucked <laughs> drinking that shit <laughs> but i mean you haven't died you're still here so as we say oh, in Barbados. Was, what doesn't kill fattens? <laughs> well, they definitely didn't take me out with the virus, so I don't even know if that was actually a thing or not. No, that was all propaganda. Oh, absolutely. I'm just uh, viruses in general. I've been, I've been looking into terrain theory versus viruses and the fact that they have never been able to isolate a virus at all, period. The way that they say that they've isolated a virus is bullshit. It's like ridiculous so everything past that that they they have to say is bullshit so there's no if there's no foundation there's no house true that's a really good quote if where there's no foundation there's no house but yeah i agree because all of this is a product of the rockefeller foundation when he took over he took over the schools and the uh pharmaceutical industry in the early 1900s and um you know i mean his legacy lives on you know and it was just for pure profit right and this is the problem that we have because in reality, right, all of us have, we have so much on earth that earth can actually be what all these religions would uh, describe as like heaven. It could be, but it's us that need to make it that. And what we need to do is first we need to work on ourselves because we need to start to realize that we are the creators of all of our problems in our life. And we need to take responsibility. And a lot of people today abhor that word, responsibility. And then the next thing we need to do is to realize that I am you, you and me, and together we're one. Because we're one mind, one body, one spirit, one consciousness. To prove that, if you and I are together and you feel sad about something, you will alter my state and I would feel a little bit sad. Yes. Because, it's, because if, if I weren't the same as you, it would be impossible for me to feel sad, right? And this is what people don't realize, that in harming your brother, you're actually self-sabotaging and harming yourself because the law of cause and effect is real. And the law of karma is real. So if you treat people terribly, other people will treat you terribly. And what a lot of people fail to realize is that 
we complain about, oh, there are no good men in the world, there are no good women in the world, everyone's terrible, but we don't look at ourselves. We don't look and analyze ourselves and say, well, am I actually a good person? And if people actually really did the deep dive into themselves, they would realize that actually they're not as good as they think. They're selfish, they're arrogant, they're full of ego, they they don't they're not they're not they don't help, they're not compassion, they have no compassion in their hearts, they have no love in their hearts, they're not kind, right? We are people now that would see someone um being killed and and we would just walk over them. Now do you, even... do you think that those are just uh NPCs or do you think that those are just people that just are vile and evil and probably have a bloodline in them that comes from one of these evil bloodlines. Well, what I think it is, is that the mind is like a sponge and the mind only retains what is being fed. So what has happened is that there's been a systematic approach and to, to, to feed us garbage information but garbage information that is of all bad things. It gives us jealousy, envy, hate, lust, greed, all of the, what we would call it, the seven devils they've given to us, right? Through the, you meet the information we retain. And what's happened is that we've been so brainwashed that we can't see the forest from the trees. And we think that what we see on TV is real right we also think what we see on social media is real like what we do know is that these people that control the world control 90 percent of all information they control the school system they control the judiciary they control the police they control the education system they control the medical the medical system they control pretty much everything and because the, of their control everything is has a negative connotation so what's happened is that people have become so like you would say npc but it's through indoctrination right and the only way for human beings to wake up is if they have a very traumatic experience now i guarantee you all of these npcs they're going to wake up one day but they're going to wake up when it's too late or it's almost at the end because this is what I tell people. It's better to do the hard work on yourself when it is easy to do than to wait to do the hard work when it is hard to do. We live in relative peace times right now. We can travel reasonably freely now. You know, We can go and get books. We can go to the supermarket without, you know what I mean, People asking us for our papers, you know what I mean? Like I say, we live in relative peace time. It's not perfect, but it's relative peace. Right. It's a calm before the storm. Right. We need to do the work on ourselves now that we can put our energy on that instead of when the communist system that, the, that they're trying to put on the entire planet comes in, in instead of trying to do the work on yourself, <laughs> then I guarantee you, it's going to be extremely hard to do because you will only be focusing on surviving instead of trying to work on yourself and you won't be able to do both. Now, because we live in relative peace times, you can divert some of your energy and resources into work on yourself, 
right? And is uh, every single person has time to do it. All we need to do is turn off the TV, use social media less, and this will allow us to read books or listen to audiobooks, you know, attend um, self-development classes or courses, you know what I mean? Things like Joe Dispenza or Mind Valley or something like that, you know what I mean? Like things that actually to work on yourself, learn new skills, right? So that things that that you learn now, you can use when the storm comes. Because no one's sitting down there trying to meditate when they actually has a hurricane outside, for example. You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> You're trying to board out your house and protect your family. You're not trying to meditate. So why, why are people going to wait until the actual storm is on their door to try to read books and, you know what I mean, learn to meditate and try to like eat better and try to like exercise? Nah, it's about survival then. But what you do is that the skills and the, the peace and the calm and the increase in consciousness now will help you to get through that. Because what they're going to do is that they're going to destroy everything. The mentality that they have, the ones that rule the planet, is like, if they rather destroy everything than to let you have it. they rather burn it, lose everything so that you can't have it. That is what they want to do. Man, that sounds like the evil big brother, doesn't it? <laughs> so funny that it's called Big Brother as well. So before I let you go, brother, I have um, I have two questions for you. So um, one of them is, what God do you pray to? And, Good question. And then after that, I will ask you my very last question. Sure. Well, I actually don't pray to God. And let me explain. I am God. You are God. Every single human on earth is God. Because God is a consciousness. All of us have the spark of divinity in us. So what I do is I talk to God. I talk to myself. Because the subconscious mind is the mind of God. And what you need to do is tap in to the subconscious mind through meditation through doing things like psychedelics, through things um, like, you know what I mean, trying to just like overcome your fears and traumas because it allows you, the mind to be quieted, right? So I don't pray like how I used to because my understanding of God is completely different because I know that I am God. All of us are God. The plants are God. The animals are God. The trees are God. The, 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 the fish in the sea are God. All of us are God, Right. So what I do is I talk to myself and then I use things like affirmations and I um, like repeat things to myself, things that I want to achieve to positively brainwash myself so I can manifest the things that I want in my life, right? Because praying is like begging. And the universe, which is God, doesn't... How should I phrase it? You have to command the universe to give you what you want. You have to manifest what you want. Praying is a symbol of a sign that you don't have something. So I tell myself, I have this. So when I have this, when it, over time, my subconscious mind will believe that I have it and eventually I'll have it. Because when you're praying, that is from a lack of energy. Well, God, please, I want this and I want that. The universe doesn't hear that you want. 
it gives you when you ask the universe for something that you want, it doesn't give you. You tell the universe to give you what you want. You command it. This is why the word abracadabra means I will create as I speak. So you do magic because we all are magicians, right? And we create and we manifest and we do magic to get the things that we want. So what I do now is I talk to myself. And yes, I talk to God, but I talk to my higher self, which is my link and connection into the the, the universal consciousness, source. Because <laughs> we're all from source, right? Our spirit is source. We, we ha have existed from the beginning. We were with God, right? We're just fractals of God. And that fractal contains the whole. And all of this praying was introduced to us through religion. And what they say religion does, it holds and binds the minds of its followers. So what people do is... Now, I do admit that praying can have a positive effect. For example, like there are studies that show that when people do mass meditation um, to say like to, to reduce violence and stuff on the planet, there is a, a reduction in, in, in violence, right? So praying can help, but it'd be praying for a purpose. You're praying for, you know, not for yourself. You're praying for others, right? Because praying for yourself is a bit like selfish. So you command, I have this. If you want a woman, you say, I am in a loving relationship with a beautiful, amazing 25-year-old girl, for example. You know, you command it in. And then what you do is you align your energy with that. And you say it so much that you create a mental image in your head. So it's real. So I don't pray like how like religious people pray. But I talk to I talk to God because I'm talking to myself because I am God and so are you. I'm not mad at that at all. Actually, I was just talking with somebody yesterday and I was like, I really have a hard time praying for myself. And I was like, and I don't pray traditionally, but I'm always talking to God. And when it comes to other people or other things, I have a much easier time asking for things, but I'm not necessarily asking for things when I do talk. I'm I'm more or less asking questions and I'm asking for answers to things that I'm trying to figure out. I don't know. I've never been like, Hey, I, I really need a Porsche or I, I mean, I've been without a car for a long time. I haven't prayed for a car. Maybe if I did, I'd have one and it sucks not having a car, but like, I've never asked for one. I just deal with what I deal with. And, and I know that eventually I'll be able to get one or save up for something that'll get me from point A to point B, you know? But anyways, that's besides the point. I just li I liked, I liked your take on that because I talked to many different peoples and, and you and I do not agree on a lot of things. However, I love your take on everything and I can totally see where you're coming from. And I'm definitely interested in, in diving down some more things that you have talked about. Um, <clears throat> my last question for you is, are you totally blackpilled? Do you think that we're fucked or is there is there is there hope for humanity, or do we just need to save ourselves? I am one of the few people that is very bullish and optimistic for the future. My mate calls me mad. He says, "I just don't see it, Todd." But I tell you the reason why. So it is impossible to kill out all humans on Earth, right? And 
I said to my mate, if one woman and one man survive everything, the human race will continue. And if I am one of those people that doesn't make it, doesn't matter because I'm immortal. I can't die. Consciousness is infinite, right? Right. The body dies, but not the spirit. The spirit and the consciousness will live on forever and ever and ever. And what religion has done is that it has made us fear death. Now, in some of the ancient cultures, they used to celebrate death because it was, they used to have a party because it's like, woohoo, or a friend or a mother or a father, whoever, they've gone to the next level, right? So it was like something to celebrate because they understood that this is just spending time here to just figure some stuff out, uh, maybe improve, uh, correct some soul contracts, you know, me have some soul growth, then you go to your next level, right? Because everything in this matrix dies. It has a shelf life. Everything dies. Nothing is forever. So I'm actually very optimistic because all the people that have been lethally injecting themselves, all the people that um, are mutilating their bodies, all the people that are doing all this debauchery, they're going to have a day of reckoning. They're going to have like what some people call the dark night of the soul. I call it the refinement period. And when you start to have your refinement period, it is extremely hard. I've had my refinement period and um, I'm at the end of it now. And I'll tell you, I wouldn't want to repeat it. And what I would say is that an enormous amount of growth comes for it, comes from it. And in a very weird way, it's actually kind of beautiful because when I look back at the man I was six years ago, six and a half years ago, I'm a completely different man than who I am now. And I am very, very confident that the human race will continue because we're like cockroaches, man. You don't kill cockroaches. <laughs> when, you, when you look back at these ancient tablets, they've tried several times to kill us out, you know. I mean loads of times and we just keep coming back and keep coming back so we're like roaches man you know and we just get tough and um but this time is a lot different because we're at the end of ages this the end of it all is like this whole jig everything is coming down all your beliefs everything that you thought was real whether the earth is flat round everything everything is going to be revealed right and whether you're right or wrong it's not even going to make a difference because they give me other things that you are wrong wrong about and you can get to see who is the one causing any problems and the one causing any problems is you it's me we need to look in the mirror like michael jackson says the man needs to look in the mirror i'm looking at the man in the mirror right great song absolutely he was ahead of his time that's why they killed him. And the thing is now is that when we stop running away from ourselves, when we stop blaming people and take responsibility, our lives will change. And this is why conversations like this are very important because I don't, I'm not necessarily a black pill, a blue pill, or a red pill. I'm kind of like in the middle of all, right? Each of those pills has some 
relevance and has some flaws. And what I've realized is that they're trying to pigeonhole us in a corner. There's some absolute truths, like, you know what I mean? Water is wet and the sun is hot, right? So there's some absolute truths. But the others, I try not to take a side because Buddha calls it taking the middle way. Christ calls it um, saying that the path is narrow. And it's like on the yin and the yang, you have the black and the white. But if you look, there's a little piece in between both of them. That's the middle way. And that's the point. That's the path that I try to take. Because in the Emerald Tablets of Thoth, Thoth talks about beware of the dark brothers because they move in um, angles and corners, right? And this is akin to like box thinking, right? He says that you need to move in arcs and circles because you can go around something. And if that thing basically is true in the future, you can come back to it because you didn't, you didn't put it in a corner. You can go around it. So what I do is I tell people that I put things on the shelf and I have an open mind, but not so open that my brain would fall out. But, you know, I, I tend to try to take the middle path, which is least resistance. And, you know, this is why, like, I am very, I, I believe very much that we're going to make it. We're going to make it. We are going to get through this, right? A lot of people will not see it, but when you've been through what I've been through, you realize that everything is of my own making or was my own making. If I did really good at something, it was my fault that I did really well. If I do really bad at something and I fail, it was also my fault, right? And this is the problem. Human beings don't like to realize that they have to take responsibility. And I do my absolute best to take responsibility. If I'm wrong, I would say I'm wrong. I put my hand up and say, I got that one wrong, right? And this right. is what a lot of people don't do today, right? Because well, there's no failures. There's only millions of ways to figure out how to not do something. Exactly, exactly. So if I am wrong that the earth is a toroid, I was okay, I'm wrong, right? If it's flat, it's flat. If it's wrong, it's wrong. Like, you see what it is that, like I said, unless there is like absolute truths, like I'm a boy, that's <laughs> indisputable, right? What well, is that? <laughs> Up until a couple of years ago, I would think that's indisputable, but apparently there's some that right. will dispute that. Right. Water's wet. I mean, water will always be wet, right? So we'll see some... about that one too. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? But there, there's some there's some things that are absolute truths, right? So I'm talking to you. That's an absolute truth, right? So there's some things that, yes, I would fight a corner and say, no, that's absolute truth. Others, I'm like, okay. Based on what I have researched, I, I have this opinion. If someone comes and shows me other information that's credible, that makes sense, and is clear, I would happily change my point of view, right? And we don't have people, many people in the world are willing to be like that because we all have like a religion, right, that we hold on to and we fight to protect. But all truth must be examined, scrutinized, put in a fire, put underwater it must be scrutinized and that's how it becomes true because it gets confirmed of standing tests of scrutiny and a lot of people today are not even willing to have conversations with people that they don't agree with because they they, they, they feel like they have to protect their religion right and i have spoken to many people that don't share some of the views that i have but they all say well 
that's interesting. I never thought of it like that. And they would be like, okay, I can go and research that, right? And I always tell people where to look, right? Like on my face, on my um, Instagram page, I have one of my highlights for books. There are over 40-something books in there now because I've done like more than double that. And those are my sources of information. So I put everything there for people to, to see, you know, because... Awesome. Well, I was actually just going to ask you to live link. Todd, you are awesome. I, I would I can sit here and talk to you forever, brother. Unfortunately, I have to jump off. I have another show that I'm about to jump on. But uh, please let everybody know where they can find you. I'm going to live link it. So everybody that's listening to this, if you want to see more of Todd or uh, check out what he's got going on, go ahead and scroll down, click those live links. But for those people that don't like to link their stuff or whatever, can you let them know where they can uh, find you. Sure. So as I said in the beginning, I'm an online fitness trainer and I help spiritually incline people burn fat and build muscle. And if this conversation tonight resonated with you, um, then you can check me out on social media. So I'm on Instagram at Adriano underscore 246. Or you can find me on Facebook. My name, Todd Cave. Um, you can send me a DM with the words burn fat if you're interested in working with me. Or if you are interested in the stuff that we share tonight, I share tonight, um, you could just drop me a message. And, you know, I check my messages all the time and I reply to people because, um, you know, I'm, I've elected to teach, inform, and educate my brothers and sisters because there are a lot of people out there that, um, one, are not really genuine. Two, um, they just talk a lot of uh, fallacy. And three, they, they're not really doing it for, for the love of their fellow man. And I do this out of love uh, for all of y'all. And um, yeah, just holler at me and I would be happy to have a, a conversation with you and stuff because like, I don't pretend, pretend to know everything, but I know a little bit about the, the pieces of the puzzle and I connect a lot of dots. And um, I'm always here to learn and I can always learn from other people as well because, you know, only a fool thinks that he knows everything in the world, you know, and um I certainly don't, but I know a little bit about a, a few little things, you know. So, <laughs> I would say that you do, brother. It was awesome talking to you. I'm gonna have you spoken to Brandon Thomas from Expanding Reality yet? No. Definitely gonna hook you up with him. You guys would be great, great conversation together. And with that being said, everybody, keep digging down those rabbit holes. <laughs> I would never bend my knee to Satan. I would never sell myself for no paper. You can go ahead and call me a hater, but I'll go ahead and call you a traitor. Hey, Hollywood is getting canceled. I put God over financials. Just know that I never kill myself if they try to use me as a damn example. Hey, first Lil Nas, now Sam Smith. Satan coming for the damn kids. These rappers and singers are puppets. The second the label give them their advances, God is forgiven. We were all made in His image. That's why He told me to remix this. Every nation demoralization while we celebrating when people are sinning. Don't care if you trans. Nah, oh, you a man who in love with a man But if you're gonna cover your nipples with tassels And leave the kids alone and just do OnlyFans I just can't stand all the lies of the media Pushing these kids, they ain't standing a chance Hollywood pushes agendas with all of these artists I swear that they industry's plans All of these fallacies that they preaching this way That there's no more objective reality Go ahead, laugh at me But I think that you worship and saying is more of a tragedy They sold out our nation for more dough That's why I don't watch award shows Celebrity puppets, we're living in luxury All of our business will force close Allah Jehovah Hashem Yahweh, you can call him whatever you do, but worship and Satan with the purpose of angering God, well that's just gonna make you a fool.